Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, fellows, 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 welcome back to the channel. It's that time of the week. Probably my favorite piece of content, the live streams, I like those probably the most, but my favorite piece of recorded content to make is that one, dude, because we get a lot of game theory in here, and it's just a different piece of content. You know, we're trying to leverage a spot at each position if possible, a lower owned player if you're brand new here, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We don't care about them defenses, and if you even ask me about kickers, go pack your lunch and go to somebody else's playground because we're not playing with that shit over here. But what's up, gang? I'm very excited for this. So that one, dude, we've just honestly been getting not lucky but we're making the right leverage plays and it's just working in our favor so there's obviously some luck in it i guess like james connor trey burton and jack doyle we said both cold side ends we prefer trey burton but jack doyle gets in on the touchdown i think he hurt himself on like the final play of the game or one of the final drives of the game to end up actually taking the lead and icing the game for indy and then i think we also had Kirk cousins who i had i had somebody tweet me somebody tweeted me and somebody commented on this video this is just i mean i, I check these sometimes you got to keep the mental health sharp you don't want to be looking at the cesspool of the comment section too much on social media as some of these accounts grow, but somebody said something about Kirk Cousins, right? And I said, hey, it's the first quarter. I, I, I agree. The three interceptions are not that great. But let's just wait this one out. Bam, man drops 30 fantasy points. So we're getting a little bit, I would say, lucky with some of the results. James Conner, all the positions basically last week, except Jameson Crowder, I will admit, 13 targets for Jameson Crowder at low ownership. You would think that it would pay off in a major way. He didn't burn your lineups, seven catches for like 48 yards, but averaging 3.6 yards per reception or somewhere around that mark is just not going to get it done for you. But yeah, I think that we what we're hoping for is that like one of these plays can hit and they hit in a major way with Burton they hit in a major way with Connor and if you had those lower owned Minnesota stacks especially if it was just like a Jefferson maybe you put Thielen in there but if you ran it back with Julio you were probably seeing green all day baby so what we're going to do here is we're going to break down the similar things I got a wide receiver a quarterback a running back and a tight end I also put a punt play in here this week just something I'll mention in passing towards the end of this video thank you so much for being here I would ask one second of your time like button Big ol' subscribe button pops up as we crush past or crush to 31,000 YouTube subscribers. And on the podcast, as we're trying to crush into the thousands of subscribers and followers over there, it takes really two seconds of your time. That one's actually going to definitely need a lot of lifting up because the podcast version, basically all word of mouth, basically all me trying to advertise you to just hit that follow and subscribe button. So if you're getting value and this is in your ears right now on the podcast, or if you're on YouTube and you want to go over there, it's two seconds of your time, the Salvetry Show. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to them podcasts. And before we get into it, I got to give you the ad read. I got to give you the plug because these are the home boys these boys didn't drop me during the pandemic some advertisers dropped me and understandably so the money was tight the worries were flowing but monkey knife fight these boys are legit out there player props right you like playing your player props you're more or less your over unders whatever it might be in the betting market in the daily fantasy sports market more or less fantasy points more or less receptions for x amount of players we have a player props video right now that went up on friday it's already on the channel so be sure to check that out it's by dylan bird follow him on twitter follow his youtube all those types of things he does a great job breaking down some of the props that are on monkey knife fight and also you could look at those on some other sites but monkey knife fight right now player props above bunch of other game modes promo code vetri v-e-t-r-i free money bonus up to 50 dollars rooskies you want to put 10 dollars in bam you get 10 back you want to put all the way up to 50 any amount you put in 17 a random ass number bam you get that back as well so be sure to check all of that out on monkey knife fights player prop site it helps the channel out it helps them out as well but also it's going to help you out by getting a 100 match up to that money the offer is a limited time it's not going to be there like two weeks from now if you want to use it so if you are interested and it sounds appealing to you be sure to check it out after the video all the information is linked down below in the description so with all of this said let's start it off right now by getting into the quarterback position. And when you're looking at the quarterback position, there's going to be some guys that pull away in the ownership, right? You're going to see some guys popping off there, whether it's from their stack, whether it's just from their pure projection and value that they're going to have on the slate. There's a lot of high total games this week, and there's nowhere near the pricing that should be there. When all these quarterbacks that have good stacking options, that have good totals, are all priced as if their game totals are like 48, 49, and 50, but their game totals are 56, it's obviously going to create some value in the market when it comes to projections. And some of them are popping off for around 10 or 10 plus percent ownership. Some of them are in that seven 
seven to eight range, where it's a little bit high ownership for quarterbacks. And then most fall into this range of like three to 5% owned. And we're going to snag one of those guys from that range right now. And his name, you probably heard of him, is Patrick Mahomes. Sal, what are you talking about? We're going to place Patrick Mahomes. How are we going to get him at low ownership? Well, as of right now, you're going to get him at low ownership. Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, maybe even Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are probably going to come in higher owned than him. And there's even a chance that Josh Allen and some of these other players do. Why is that the case? Well, he's 7,400, so he's more expensive than some, some other players around him, right? And then just in general, stacking him up and getting some of his pieces, it does not seem as appealing to people against a Denver team that right now is tied with Pittsburgh, according to Pro Football Focus, as the number one overall defense. But, and this is a big old booty, like I like to say in here, because you're going to be getting right now Patrick Mahomes. And my projections, again, available on Patreon, linked down below, ownership, hopefully coming next week on Patreon. All that stuff, you can check it out. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is my highest projected quarterback. Yes, so he's my highest projected quarterback. He's not the most expensive quarterback either. He's not even the second most expensive quarterback, but yet he's not owned. Why is this happening? Well, there's other appealing options around him. When I go through a value standpoint, there are other quarterbacks that are picking up more ownership, Sean Watson, Kyler Murray, as a higher point per dollar value. There are some other quarterbacks that fit in nicely when it comes to stacking a little bit more. Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, maybe for some people. But I can give you the statistics, right? That is the leverage right there in terms of just the, the ownership, the projection compared to some other guys around in his price range, some other guys that are slightly less expensive and nothing crazy. But also the stacking is another nice option. Tyreek Hill is going to be low owned and he's also relatively cheap for his normal price tags. He's like $6,400. Travis Kelsey for a tight end with all the upside in the world, yet again, continuing to dominate two touchdown game coming off of, he's going to be in the mid six K range. That's not that expensive. He's normally $7,000. Most of the time is what we were used to last year. It seems like Sammy Watkins is going to miss. So you get Demarcus Robinson who led this team in snaps, routes, targets, receptions, everything basically in their last game against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. And now he's going to be out there in the three K range. So there are stacking options. Now, the less appealing thing is when you're bringing it back for your game flow, right? You want to go with the game stack in this, which normally I'm trying to run some sort of bring back option. I like to get two pass catchers if the quarterback and the offense can sustain it. I think Patrick Mahomes with a team total around 29 can definitely sustain it. But your run back option is now going to be Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, or Tim Patrick. One of those options, right? The running backs, you can play around with them if you want to with Melvin Gordon, apparently still returning, not getting suspended after the DUI from the team. But Noah Fant, difficult to play if you want to stack up Kelsey there. Don't know if you want to be going with two tight ends. You might be giving up, and you probably are, some upside in that department for a wide receiver and then a running back based on this new way of the NFL scoring a ton of points. Wide receivers looking very good in the flex spot. So then it comes down to Tim Patrick, back-to-back games of 100 yards. He definitely seems viable. Or Jerry Judy, who to me, honestly, has not been showing too much upside. Yes, downfield, some separation, big play upside. We saw the big catch on primetime sticks in our heads. But outside of that, he has not been getting too much separation. So there are some options. They're not appealing. So maybe that's why people are flowing to some of these other games with some of these higher game totals, team totals, things like that. If you want just the kind of analysis side of it, not through the projections like we just did, both sides are definitely good to have. The Chiefs are going to have a 33% pass blocking advantage this week. They have a top seven, seventh overall pass blocking unit for Patrick Mahomes. Denver's defense ranks eighth in pass rush, and they're tied for fourth in coverage. So again, a good secondary. Maybe this is scaring people off. But again, it's the best quarterback in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is attempting 36 and a half passes per game. He's top five in passing yards and top 10 in air yards currently on the season, the number two overall QBR. And you're getting the rushing upside. He's ninth right now with 27.5 rushing yards per game for quarterbacks. It's crazy that that's ninth. Two, three years ago, that would have been like third or fourth in the league. But now so many quarterbacks are just casually running for 25 yards a game that it doesn't even matter. But he's getting red zone carries as well. And he has two rushing touchdowns so far this year. So Mahomes for me, yes, I'm stacking him up in GPPs. He's not going to be a cash play. This is all about GPPs, these types of videos. That one dude at the quarterback position, a man that you know well, the $500 million man, and more so than that, I'm sure on that. 
Patrick Mahomes. Next up, we move over to the running back position, and we're going to be targeting a matchup against a run defense that has not been good. The rest of their defense has been quality, but a run defense that has not been good and actually allowed a man who got a lot of carries last week in Philip Lindsay to go over 100 yards on them. And that defense will be the New England Patriots and the player against them that I'm talking about from the San Francisco 49ers, Jarek McKinnon. All right, I know what you're saying. If you're really sharp and you're following football, Sal, Jermichael, Hasty, the undrafted free agent, he out-touched Jarek McKinnon last week. Yeah, he out-touched him on the ground. That's completely true. And Raheem Ostar was placed on IR, and Jeff Wilson is going to be questionable for this game. So maybe Jermichael Hasty just comes in and now he's just automatically the back. But Jarek McKinnon has looked good when he's out there. Jarek McKinnon has looked great when he's out there. Jarek McKinnon also basically, when you factor in his passing game involvement from last week, it was an even split. And I would like to get that passing game involvement and all the routes run and continue to see those for Jarek McKinnon. And the biggest thing of all this is that Jarek McKinnon at 5,800, I understand that that's kind of a dead range this week now that Gio Ronnie Bernard opened up. Now you still have Kareem Hunt and Justin Jackson, who is questionable Jackson, so track that status in the lower ranges. So $5,800 McKinnon doesn't seem as appealing. But I still haven't projected for around 15 fantasy points. I still have his ceiling in the 20 plus range. And that should seem fairly obvious for many people. And the upside of this comes into play when Jarek McKinnon is going to project out an ownership models for one to 2% ownership. So you're telling me that I can get one to 2% ownership right now on a game where there's not a lot of ownership in general. So you're not really leveraging off of this game. Like there's literally no ownership in this game. So this isn't really as much of a leverage play as just straight up a low owned guy who's going under noticed, in my opinion, should be a little bit higher owned. I have him as a B and GPPs because of that. I have him a B minus in cash. So it's again, more of a GPP play and more of a GPP show. And I very much wanted to go back to James Conner here, who is still going to be low owned. And we went to him last week. So I want to change it up a little bit, but he gets Tennessee who last week, they made David Johnson, who again, has looked kind of bad on the season. They made him look serviceable for like another week of David Johnson looking serviceable to maybe even good last week. So I think it's a nice spot again for James Conner, who's going to be low owned, but we're getting like barely unowned, like 1% owned Jarek McKinnon right now. Let me talk to you some things about McKinnon. So we get the 15 overall point projection on him. If I filter this right now, just by overall value for your running backs, he's going to be labeled as my 15th overall value. And now keep in mind, that's going to give you some of the obvious plays as values. Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Giovanni Bernard, Mike Davis, Zeke. I'm looking at some other names on here, right? Kenyon Drake because of the cheap price tag. Aaron Jones, which he might actually be out, and then that bumps him out of there. So you're getting Jarek McKinnon in a range where most of these guys around him right now, and basically all of them, are at least like six to seven percent owned. And most of them, I would say like 75 to 80 percent of them, are double digit owned to 15 percent owned. And you have little old Jarek McKinnon because of Jermichael Hasty's role last week, not picking up any ownership. If Jermichael Hasty doesn't come out last week and he doesn't do anything, and McKinnon's having a similar role to what he had before Raheem Mostar came back, game against the Eagles, 20 plus touches played like 90 plus percent of the snaps a career high. I don't think that's just going to quickly become the Jermichael Hasty show when McKinnon has been good this year. So if you want to look at McKinnon right now, you're still going to have no Tevin Coleman. You're still going to have no Raheem Mostar back on the IR. The 49ers have a 44% run blocking advantage this week. It's going to look very good for a top 10 run blocking unit. And the Patriots rank 24th currently in run defense. So in week six, this is what people want to talk about. Jermichael Hasty, he saw nine rush attempts for 37 yards, but he only played 20% of the snaps. And then you had Jarek McKinnon playing 33% of the snaps. So clearly more snaps there. He saw six rush attempts for 18 yards, but he saw three targets. So similar opportunities, two catches, 10 yards in that department. Just a weird game overall in terms of how they use their running backs. I would expect them to try and target this New England defense through the running game since that is the pretty glaring weakness of this New England defense. Lost a lot of guys in that front seven, just sitting out the season due to COVID. So McKinnon on the season, 107 routes run. Keep in mind, McKinnon has been hurt on the season, has had to leave games early this season, has been like a 1A, 1B back for the first couple of weeks when Coleman and Raheem Ostar were healthy. That's still top 12 in the league. He's seen 25 targets. That's still top 12 in the league. So I want to be siding with this guy who has passing game upside, no doubt about it. Averaging over 12 fantasy points per game, getting 5.7 yards per touch. He continues to be a very good running back. That's top 10 in the NFL out of all running backs and 2.14 yards graded per touch. That is sixth in the NFL. This is a very good running back. Yes, McKinnon is still a very good running back. That was the questions after all the injuries coming into the season. Now he's finally healthy. Is he still the same guy? We haven't seen him in like two years. He looks very good when he has the ball in his hands. Now you're telling me he's going to be 1% on. Look, this might not be 
the all-star play. That's why he's 1% owned, but this is a very good low-owned opportunity to get McKinnon. If you have a lineup that's not going to be as unique, right? It's not going to, it's going to have more ownership in it. Yes. Okay. If you're stacking, that should generally come down, but if you're still worried about it, some higher stake stuff, getting to a guy like McKinnon at 5,800, instead of insert guys like Chris Carson around him, insert guys like Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who will be higher owned, that's somewhere that I want to be going to this week. At least in some lineups, I'm debating it in my higher stakes as well. Next man up at the wide receiver position. We already kind of talked about his quarterback. So there's the dead giveaway already, but which wide receiver, which tight end? I mean, we're talking about wide receiver. So which wide receiver and we're we going to here is it going to be McCole Harbin. Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Or is it going to be that man, the myth, the legend, Byron Pringle? No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be Tyree Kill in this one. Tyree Kill right now is going to be coming in with single digit ownership and potentially sub 5% owned ownership, but he's only $6,400. What is going on here? Well, this is just a factor of a lot of guys around him looking like better plays. And I I can't argue with that. Keenan Allen at $6,200 does look like a better play. Terry McLaurin at $5,800 does look like a better play when you're just looking point per dollar, when you're just looking value wise. I have those guys as similar to better plays right now. And the list can go on and on to guys like Tyler Lockett, to Robbie Anderson in this range, to Stephon digs to an extent in that range. If you go up about five, $600, Kenny Galladay starts to creep into that range. So obviously Tyree kills the guy who hasn't popped off as of late. He's not going to be in this like superstar stacking matchup, at least from a defensive standpoint going up against Denver. So I understand why people aren't getting there. I just don't understand it too much because now we're starting to get to the situation where a chief stack, yes, a chief stack with a 29 implied team total is going to be very low owned. That starts to become really appealing. Two years ago, those were the stacks that like three or four times were winning the Millie makers. For some reason, people still weren't playing the chief stacks when Patrick Mahomes was relatively cheap, like he is this week. He's not $8,000. Travis Kelsey not being 7K, like he is this week. And somehow you're going to have Tyree Kill in the low 6K range. So I like this a lot. And Tyree Kill right now for me, in terms of my value point per dollar ratings, is a top 10 play. He's my 10th overall play in my projections. I have Tyree Kill projected for 17.7 fantasy points, but for some reason, he's coming in with the ownership right now of sub 8%. He's probably going to come in around 6 to 8% owned, maybe even below 5%, depending on sites that you're looking at for ownership projections. Again, I have my rankings and projections for overall points linked down below. A lot of other stuff 20 pages of game by game notes analysis a closing thoughts podcast and i also will be having ownership projections i'm just waiting on the the finalized contract to sign the dot and do some stuff there in terms of getting everything situated so we can get those up automatically running some data i need so be sure to check all that out link down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore so tyree kill to me looks like a very strong play he looks like a very great leverage play and stacking him up with patrick mahomes if we're talking about just large field gbps is something that i definitely want to be trying to do this week for one of the lowest owned stacks patrick mahomes at five percent tyree kill at even if he gets like seven or eight percent, that thing stacked up is probably going to be owned at a clip, probably sub two percent, sub one percent, depending on your contest. Now he's going to have a matchup against Bryce Callahan, who's been fine, who was injured last year, but it's still a positive advantage for Tyree Kill. It's never going to be a shadow against Tyree Kill. He moves into the slot a lot. He moves into the backfield, both sides of the field. He's also a goddamn weapon in terms of his speed. You can't really shadow him. Nobody, not even Stefan Gilmore last year during his MVP, defensive MVP season, was trying to shadow Tyree Kill. But look at Callahan, it's still a positive matchup for him. You've seen him go into the slot 157 times this year. That's top 20 in the league. So yes, he's not just an outside receiver. That's why it's hard to shadow him. He's seen about an 18% target share and 19% in the red zone, which is good to see. He's had a lot of deep shot attempts this season. He had one call back for a touchdown last year. Right now he's seen 11 overall. That's sixth in the NFL. But he's also seen, like I said, the nice combination of red zone targets as well. Six so far in the season is top 10 in the NFL. Five total touchdowns is fourth. You're getting 16 and a half fantasy points per game. And like I said, I haven't projected above that this week at 17.7. And he's fifth in the NFL.
NFL in fantasy points per target because of the combination of those deep targets downfield and cashing in some touchdowns. You're just always going to get a high fantasy points per target if that combination is clicking. So Tyree Kill at low ownership, his quarterback at low ownership, and they actually have good projections. Mahomes, my highest right now projected overall quarterback. Let me filter this by my projections on the other screen. Let me filter by just overall point projection where Tyree Kill comes in. So if I'm looking at this right now, Tyree Kill comes in as a top 10 point per dollar value, and he's my eighth overall projected right now wide receiver. So guys around them that will be picking up more ownership and Tyler Lockett, potentially Metcalf, Kenny Galladay, Robbie Anderson, potentially Will Fuller. Those guys I have actually projected for less fantasy points than Tyree Kill this week. Terry McLaurin, all these names. Yes, there's some price discounts on some of them, but I do like Tyree Kill as are that one. Dude, it seems like it should be obvious that he should be 10 to 12% on, but he's not right now. And let's finish up this show by going to the tight end position where there's honestly a couple of different leverage pieces. And one of them just kind of opened up yesterday due to all the injuries. Again, if you don't watch the final thoughts video, check that out. It came out on Friday, kind of wrapping up everything, not just these low on plays, but everything in terms of the week. Sunday will be live as well on YouTube, 10 to around 1130 a.m. East Coast time to answer your questions, Q&A base. So be sure to check all of that out. But yesterday we got the news that three wide receivers for the Saints, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders on COVID, Michael Thomas banged up, and Benny Fowler now is going to be out as well. I think he went on IR. So now they're down to their wide receiver position of being Traquan Smith. We know that name. Marquez Callaway. You might not know that name. And then Deontay Harris, who was mainly a special teams player when everybody was healthy. So those are their three wide receiver sets right now. So it looks like Jerry Cook, to me personally, is the guy that I'm trying to be going to here at the tight end position in a lot of spots and for that one dude. Now, a lot of ownership spots might not be fully updated yet. So maybe Jared Cook starts to become like 10% owned. And if so, then we can pivot to somebody else. And I'll give you one of those punt options in a second. But as it stands right now, some things have been updated and Jared Cook's still coming in around five, 4% owned on a lot of spots. And if I filter this by my point per dollar value overall for tight end, Jared Cook is my number one overall tight end play in terms of value. If I filter it for projections, Jared Cook will come in as my fourth highest projected tight end at about 13 fantasy points this week. And he looks like really good leverage off of Alvin Kamara. He looks like really good leverage if Traquan Smith is going to hold an average to higher to above average ownership projection like I'm seeing right now. And if Jared Cook's going to remain in the single digits and heck, sub 5%, it's somebody that I want to be getting to because of the fact that I just told you, leverage off of some of those players that are highly owned like Alvin Kamara 30%. Doesn't mean just get away from Alvin Kamara, but what happens if Alvin Kamara doesn't produce on this team? And now the expectation is that Alvin Kamara is going to produce more with no Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Benny Fowler to a very small extent. What happens if he's not the one getting the touchdowns? What happens if he gets his 120 yards, but no scores, but they score four touchdowns in this game like they're projected to by Vegas. Well, maybe it's Latavius Murray, but maybe it's also Jared Cook, the other guy who's actually healthy on this team. His role has been kind of decreasing a little bit with some of the other tight ends, Adam Trotman behind him, but Adam Trotman's role has now kind of evaporated, which we saw last week actually piped back up that role of Jared Cook. Jared Cook this week will probably see some Shaq Thompson against his Carolina defense. That Shaq Thompson has not been good this year. Jared Cook has five inches and 24 pounds on him in, in terms of an advantage in that department. Jared Cook returned from injury in week five. He played 56% of the snaps, 33 routes, and he just saw three targets. But again, you're going to expect a lot more than that this week. I'm projecting him for over five targets. He saw a slight decline in his snaps from his beginning of the season usage. Maybe that's just piping him back up. Maybe it's just not needing him as much. He has seen a 12% target share so far in the overall season. So Jared Cook right now, the only tight end I have projected as a 3x value in terms of point per dollar, how many fantasy points relative to their price tag is it your bang for your buck. I have him as a B plus in cash, a B plus overall in GPP as well right now. Now there's a chance that Jared Cook's ownership skyrockets throughout the day today because people start to realize, oh, wait, wait, Jared Cook's actually on this team still and they have no other passing options. So, you know, maybe he'll start to see like a six or seven target game. And that looks really good for a price tag of $4,300 on DraftKings, a 1.7x multiplier on SuperDraft. Those things look very appealing. And if that's the case, I do assume that Hayden Hurst's ownership is going to stay low. So Hayden Hurst would be like a direct pivot off of a then going to become a little bit more owned and popular Jared Cook, Hayden Hurst, a nice way to get leverage in that game as well to an extent, right? I don't think you're going to have as much ownership on some of those wide receivers from Atlanta, but they will still pick up ownership. So I think Hayden Hurst is a cheaper way to build stacks there and also a nice way to get some ownership discount. The punt play that I want to talk about, 
about before we close this thing up is just going to be Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant, they ruled out Austin Hooper. So David Njoku is going to look more appealing. I do have interest in some David Njoku. Harrison Bryant, though, is the minimum 2,500. We've been doing this thing this year, looking for the guy to punt. Last week, it was Irv Smith. He scores over nine fantasy points. That looks good. Or Trey Burton for a little bit more expensive, scores two touchdowns. This week, it's Harrison Bryant, who I have projected for five and a half fantasy points at the minimum of 2,500. If he scores five and a half fantasy points, obviously you would like more, but you're not sitting there going, damn, that stinks. Because if you're punting at $2,500, we've seen it a couple times this year, zero points can win you it because of what you get in salary to go up your opportunity costs. And now you can go up and pay for some other options and get the elite wide receivers running backs in their high end ceilings. You get exposed to that. So Cleveland does run a lot of two tight end sets and Bryant was getting on the field a little bit more with Hooper. But when Njoku came back, that kind of got stunted a little bit. So now you might actually see Bryant go out there. I still don't think he's going to be the 1A, but if he's the 1B to David Njoku, if he sees four or five targets, if he picks up a red zone target, that's what we're hoping for here. So he's my punt play. He's the minimum at $2,500. It would be a GPP only play for me, but I think he looks at least more appealing now, definitely more appealing now than before Austin Hooper got out with appendicitis going to miss at least this week and probably next week and maybe even future weeks after that. So thank you so much for tuning into this video. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. That one dude, my favorite piece of content of the week. If I could ask you again, solicit you for the like button, solicit you for the big old subscribe button that pops up on the YouTube video. And again, if you're listening on the podcast, watching on YouTube, just pull up your phone, the Salvation Show on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever it might be. I really do appreciate it if you just go over there and just hit subscribe. It takes two seconds. It really does help grow the podcast audience, which then helps it reach even more people. Just word of mouth and multiplies after that. Be sure to support the sponsor of the show. Again, Monkey Knife Fight. I love these ladies and fellows over there. They are fantastic. They, again, kept me during a partner during the pandemic. They said, we got your back, Sal. If you got our back, we got your back. I said, I got your back. I'm going to tell my folks about you guys because you're so damn good. Player props. If you enjoy player props and you want free money bonus to actually play some of these player props, promo code VETRI, V-E-T-R-I, will get you up to $50. Whatever you put in, they're going to match you, give it to you, 25-25 on the House of Monkey Knife Fight. Thank me later. Thank you right now for supporting me and this content. I appreciate you a ton. Check everything out in the description below for some of my courses, my NFL courses for DFS, some other stuff that I don't really talk about as much. All of that can be found in the description down below in the podcast and YouTube video. You all rock. I'll see you in the next one, gang. Have a great rest of your day and great weekend.